With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So a bit of a meh game week has just ended fittingly before Easter with Jesus finding himself in the cross in the final game as the big season decider ended up fittingly a bit meh for this game week in the FPL sense as Liverpool and Man City drew 2-2 to keep it as you were. And I feel like a lot of people kind of did the same thing. They kept it as it was in their teams and Roll the transfer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not particularly surprising to see that most of us have kind of just moved sideways or kind of moved slightly down, moved slightly up, whatever. Recording a little bit early, it's Sunday night here. As I'm off in this couple of days, it's my birthday on Tuesday. Yes, I'm 33 years old, getting on a bit. But hey, Sunday record for a couple of days off. I'm joined by Harry again. You're all right. I know it was a bit of a dispiriting week for you as well as me. Yeah, once again, another tough, tough game week, but good to hash it out, have a nice chat about it um got a few topics to discuss welcome back all listeners as well we are who got the assist you can find tom at wgta underscore fpl you can find me at fbl underscore harry on this week's pod we'll do the usual intro stuff review of how our abysmal game weeks went for both of us then we'll be focusing a lot on game week 33 maybe not traditional who got this style but i think that's a lot of what we're talking about a lot of chat about captaincy and manchester united being on the tip of all our tongues going into this week, as well as maybe a little bit of free hit talk as well, because those of you with chips left do definitely consider playing them this week. One of those weeks, isn't it, where you just kind of think of it and you just think, well, I think we both did the right thing of leaving it, didn't we? Um, and I think it's just kind of, you know, what can you do? What can you do after one of these horrible weeks, hey, Harry? There'll be no break, I think, this time. I think we'll go after general updates, just straight through. So a lot of listener questions, understandably, we're all about double game week 33, as Harry mentioned. It's not like a usual strategic sort of thing. I think it's just good to focus on the tactics, given how the season has gone and given about the fact that, you know, everybody's been thinking about the game week that's coming up. How did you do this week? Yeah, so I got 48 points. It was not great. I had Kudasevsky 12. Kane with 10 as my captain double to 20. I was actually in the cinema during that Tottenham game and came out and I had like sofa score up and it just said like goal notification, son goal, son goal, Kulusevski goal, son goal. And I just thought I know exactly what that's going to mean for my rank. Also no Rafinha and no Rudiger pretty much summed up how my game week went. Plus that late Cancelo assist. Yeah, meant that it was a pretty, pretty testing game week. I'm down to about... 37k now from 25k so a big rank drop for me sitting 49 points outside the top 10k which is still my target but that looks like a long way off now 
Let's move into the main kind of game week update. We've just finished, haven't we? And it's not been the best one in the world, has it, Harry? I mean, how have you gotten on so far? 28 points all out. I got four from Trent, five from Salah, 12 from Kulusevsky and 20 from Kane. So no Son, no Rafinha for his first double-digit haul of the season and his only second double-digit haul in his time at Leeds. What an incredible weekend that was. And then Rudiger as well. But 48 points set me down from 25 to 37K, sitting 49 points outside the top 10K. Now, it's not impossible with 20% of the season still to go as Andy Martin has just said, but still feels like a bit of a push to get there now. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too much better for me. I got 53 this week. Ramsdale and goal with a one-pointer, annoyingly. I think, you know, looking back at the last podcast we spoke about, the chokers, I think the Arsenal perhaps are falling into that category a little bit just for key injuries here and there. And I don't really know how else to describe it hopefully it's just a blip and hopefully we're going to come back next week in the double game week Southampton and Chelsea uh, but Ramsdale just one point uh, at the back uh, got the really good clean sheet in the 6-0 before I move on to the next man we had a question from FPL Ferry who asked how our pronunciations of Matt Doherty have uh, come along and Harry how how's yours going after a little while I still know better, Matt Doherty. I still don't think I'm anywhere near it, but I don't know what it's meant to sound like. So I'm just going to keep going. If I say it the same enough times, it'll, someone will tell me that it was right. Yeah, I, mean, f- I was. Um, I, I ended up assailing a lot of Irish people that I know, not not just kind of randomly. Obviously, I know them all for FPL with my pronunciations. And this is the best one. This is the one I got a sign off on from um, Anthony, uh, FPL Stag of this parish once. Um, his significant other said that this is... The one, the hundred, I got vaguely right. He told me to keep it musical. So I decided to sing along with loads of Irish songs. And this is the best one that I got. Not old Irish songs, obviously. New, newer ones-ish. So we find ourselves in the same old mess, singing drunken lullabies. Matt Doherty! So that's drunken lullabies by flogging Molly. So me shouting that is probably the closest I've got thus far. Um, I, I can only apologise to every Irish person listening. Uh, but yeah, he got one point this week. And, and that uh, you can't legislate for that, can you? I mean, a guy coming off after a few dirty tactics by Villa, I think there were two very, very heavy tackles very early on that kind of did for him. Hopefully it's an impact injury and we'll see whether he's able to be started next week. Um, alongside him, uh, Andrew Robertson got a zero pointer. Uh, Trent got a four, um, which was probably a little bit pleasing, actually, because I was looking, it was between him and Harvey Barnes, who I started this week. I thought, you know, Robertson's been, he's been performing fairly well recently. So maybe Alexander-Arnold should be the one who's benched and Barnes would play. Uh, But uh, Sam Martin, uh, Leicester, ICK and Leicester correspondent for Planet FPL said that he thought that Harvey Barnes could be due arrest just because he'd been performing a little bit poorly recently. He wasn't very good in the in the Europa Conference League. So I kind of went along with that, benched him, played to uh, Trent, and I won three points better off for it. So, hey, thanks, Sam. That's, that's a great three-pointer there. In midfield, Salah, Martinelli, Saka, Kulisevsky with a 12-pointer, um, and up front, their course with a one-pointer. I think he's uh, yeah, he's definitely a top dog for me, yeah. that's for sure. And uh, Harry Kane with a 20-pointer. He was very, very close to getting two bonus, wasn't he? But got yellow cards in the 92nd minute, something like that. Not to melt all of the consideration. So I think I'm kind of around basically where I was before. It's one of those weeks where I'm not really looking at it too much, to be honest with everybody, just because, you know, 
you can't really do it to yourself. You've had a bit of a mare week, that's for sure. And looking into the Min League update on that note, up top, it's still Hakon Magnusnes. He got 77 points this week, captaining Kane, uh, but still 77 is pretty damn decent. In second, it is Joaquin Lengroff still as well, 62 points for him. In third, Lucky Profit, Troy Hope. Um, I mean, these are really good scores, to be honest. They feel like a mere week for me, uh, but Troy Hope has gotten a, a green arrow. I think he was, I think he was sixth or seventh last week, so that's pretty damn decent. In fourth is I Love Lamptey, Brett Taylor, 65 minus four. He caps in Bruno, uh, as the joke him actually, which uh, obviously didn't work out as well as it probably could have done. In fifth is what it is, Steve Jones up from 10th. Uh, 80 pointer for him where are these points coming from seriously I don't, I don't get it maybe that's why i'm not in the top 10 of the wta mini league that's for sure in sixth james co bruno number one 68 points in seventh rangers ryan mackey's up from the teens 84 minus four with a son captain he and troy both went for son this week and did very very well coincidentally nick uh wca nick of course who i'm sure would have Try to come on this pod just to bask in his own glory this week if he could have done. Also captain Son this week and he was very, very happy on our slack. That's for sure. In eighth down from Sith, it is Chris Turner, the Brothers Grimsby, 65 points this week. In ninth going nowhere, it's Stranger Ings, Lucas H, 71 points. And down from fifth to tenth, it's the special one. Oisin? <laughs> Owen, I'm going to say Okur won uh, 58 points this week. Well, never bully uh, in the top 10 of the mini league. And onto the market forces finally. I mean, we're all shaping up, aren't we? For double game week 33 it's all in the works. But it looks like a couple of performances from a few players who've done well this week are top of the agenda for a lot of managers. Yeah, so actually only one of the top Five most transferred in players has a double game week that this this coming game week, game week 33. Madison, second most, 60,000 transfers in. You can understand why with sort of outperforming Barnes over the recent game weeks, why he's why he's up there being the most second most transferred in. But if we look again at the ones we've got, Son and Kulusevski, again, they're running for the season, even without a double next week is very nice. And you can understand why people who maybe don't have triple Tottenham are making sure that they do for this run-in. Mount up there again. Yes, Chelsea's run-in is good. And if they get knocked out of Europe, there's a chance that their double game week comes in slightly earlier than maybe 37, which could be playing on people's minds. But I imagine it's just mounted points this week. So he's being transferred in. And then Tony, number five, again, did quite a few points this week. So fifth most <laughs> transferred in. Yeah, and I think maybe the chance was out as well. I mean, I, I think maybe towards the end of the game week, if we did uh, the end of the week, sorry, if we did this and we looked at it and just kind of thought, well, what's what's ahead? Um, it would make a lot more sense in terms of the transfers in. But in terms of transfers out, they are players who perhaps haven't done that many points, but equally, you'd be kind of wandering in a few places. So the top two, it makes a lot of sense. Coutinho, his sales continue to increase. 116,000 this week. Again, uh, near the top of the transfers out. 116,000 out. Uh, Tierney looks like he's out for the season, sadly. 70,000 transfers out. In third, it's Saka. Uh, 42,000 transfers out. I mean, he does have the double coming up. Southampton and Chelsea. Maybe a few managers have seen enough and thought, you know what, I'm going to use him as a way to pivot to Kulisevsky, a way to pivot to Mount or something like that. Does seem a little bit reactionary. In fourth, it's Mo Salah. 40,000 transfers out. A lot of managers have seen enough of Mo Salah. Just kind of thinking, uh, maybe caught on the Twitter stream, 
saying, yeah, you know, Salah's rubbish now. It's all over for him. I'm not sure about that. And finally, Emmanuel Dennis still being sold somehow. I guess there was a really, really high ownership at one point, uh, 35,000 transfers out. I mean, what do you make of that kind of Salah discussion last couple of weeks, Harry? I still back him to do very well. And if you look at their running, Manchester United in game week 33 is still a good fixture, I'm hoping, and probably going to end up starting all three of my Liverpool assets, which I'm very happy with. I do not mind that at all. Everton, Newcastle, Tottenham, Aston Villa, Southampton, Wolves. And to be honest, I think if they want to win the league now, they need to win every single game between now and the end of the season. Looking at Manchester City's running, they have Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Wolves, Aston Villa. Chances are Manchester City are going to drop a maximum of three points between now and the end of the season. So Liverpool need to make sure that they do everything in their power to make sure that they are pushing them right to the very end. So I think he'll you know, step back up. He looked good today, I think. He was pretty lively, especially in the second half of the sort of first half and then into the second half. I think he looked good. I still can't back selling him, although a lot of the people he's being sold for Kevin De Bruyne scored again. Son scored a hat-trick. I think Bruno is probably not the one I would go with now, given the way Manchester United is performing. But De Bruyne, Son, Salah, Kane, plus the premium defenders, you can only really own two of them, which I'm finding quite difficult looking at my wildcard next week. I still think Salah and Kane come out on the top for the two of them. But would you squeeze you know, De Bruyne in there instead of Salah or Son instead of Salah? Or is, Son, is Salah number one out of those for you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it depends, uh, as, as it probably seems always depend at this stage of the season on where you are and whether you can bring Salah back in. Uh, for me, he, he was never going to be leaving. Um, and I think that, you know, that, as we said last week, his data hadn't diminished that much between before he went to AFCON and since come back from AFCON. And for me, I think that it's, it's very difficult at least from a FOMO point of view, and Mo puts the Mo in FOMO idea to be getting rid of him. But I can completely understand that why people have been selling him, especially if you're looking to free hit in game week 33 and wildcard in 34. So wildcard him back in makes a lot of sense to just kind of go for those upside gains. And I, I understand it. I really, really do. Right. Let's take a break there. Move on to looking at game week 33. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Cool, so we're back and we're into the main topic this week, which is how do we approach FPL Double Game Week 33? As mentioned earlier, we're going for a bit of a tactical approach this week, not really WTA, but super necessary given the time of year, everything that's happened, the fact that we've missed so many games and the doubles can come thick and fast. And every week, I think there's an open question about how we approach it, what we do. And it is, of course, all down, as I said earlier, or inferred earlier, to where you are with your team, what chips you've got left, etc., etc. And there's lots of midweek tomfoolery to happen as well. So Chelsea's unwinnable tie, according to Thomas Tuchel versus Real Madrid. I really liked, I don't know, it's maybe just me, but I love the fact that he was saying, oh, I comfort ate a lot of chocolate during the fact that I was watching it. I thought that was really cute. You know, it was cute. It kind of humanised that kind of, that kind of character a little bit just because you know he's obsessed with football yeah we like it but there's always got to be some sort of you know release valve for these people and him being like oh, i had to eat a lot of chocolate have a walk around and come back before i could watch it again i thought that was really kind of nice it was just really kind of heartwarming to see that somebody like that has his weakness you know uh, we've got him we've got them you uh, versus Real Madrid. We've got City versus Atletico, Liverpool versus Benfica, and Le- Leicester and West Ham in Europa, whatever ties as well to come. So, I mean, let's have a look at free hit 
in 33 at least. I mean, you put together a free hit, didn't you, just before we started chatting? And how does that kind of look? It's a bit difficult, isn't it? I know there's a lot of people who are on it this week. I mean, how would you do it, Harry, if you were going to be putting together a free hit this week? Yeah, I think the big thing for a lot of people on free hit is the, the teams that have a double are not the teams that we necessarily trust and want to buy into. But the teams with a single only have a single, of course, but they're the ones that we would trust more and have, in theory, better fixtures. My free hit draft looks a little bit like this. So I've got Schmeichel in goal. I'll leave the subs out of it. I've got Cancelo, Shaw, and Alex Tellez in defence. My midfield five would be Salah, Saka, Barnes, Madison, and Bruno Fernandes with Harry Kane and Chris Wood up front. So I've got two single game week players, sorry, three with Cancelo, Salah Kane. So I've got cover from Man City, Liverpool and Tottenham in there. And then I've just gone with what I think are potentially the highest upside in some of those doubles. You've got triple Leicester in there for very nice. I've got double Newcastle in there as well. And then double Manchester United. Manchester United is an interesting one. Again, given their performance against Everton this week, I really can't but get behind backing a third one. We'll wait and see if Ronaldo gets any retrospective ban for his behaviour after the full-time whistle at the weekend. I think it's unlikely, but I still think that three of them, given their double, is is difficult. It's difficult to get behind. Norwich looked pretty good today, so I don't necessarily think I'll be expecting a massive win given the way that they performed against Everton, Manchester United. And then it's Liverpool away. Again, if I'm saying Liverpool need to win every game this season to get where they need to be, then again, I can't get behind a triple up, especially at the price that a lot of them are. What do you think of my team? Phone smashingly interesting. (laughs) I I, I just kind of, I look at that team. I also look at the fact, you know, loads of the free hits teams going around. They're going to be tripled on United, tripled on Leicester, tripled on Newcastle. And uh, maybe it's reactionary a little bit after Leicester, obviously, um, not looking fantastic. They're okay, not fantastic. Uh, Man United looking pretty abject against Everton of all teams. And uh, Newcastle, mm, uh, you look at all those sort of things and think, well, you're relying on players who aren't particularly motivated at the moment, maybe harking back to last week's pod. And you know, I've seen teams flying around with uh, maybe like, you know, like Schmeichel in goal. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? At least you know he's going to be in hell for the next two. Leicester, seven players rotated this week like we really really need them out of the Europa Conference League for anything to go on the same if you're looking at lots of uh, Harvey Barnes Madison Tielemont something like that in midfield at the back maybe you're okay with the the Newcastle defense you have lots of Shah Burn really cheap cost-effective options I suppose and then if you're looking at lots you know Alex Tellez Bruno Fernandes Ronaldo if you did watch the game you've got to be thinking to yourself, are they just in the waiting room now for the season to be over United? Are they just hoisting up the windbreaker, getting those deck chairs out and just kind of thinking, well, all right, I'm done now until next season, until the new manager comes in. It really just felt like there was lack of desire there. I know that's very qualitative, but I find it quite difficult to to bat those players. But if you're free hissing, Harry, I suppose you can't not back those players. And if, I, I mean, I don't have any free hits left, but if you have two free hits going and maybe you've got a bench boost for 36, it kind of feels like 33 and 37 is the logical way to do it. So you've got to back these teams and it kind of feels like you're, I guess, hoping for variance to strike, aren't you, this week? Yeah, and actually, 
I think if you the rule that you could play two free hits in consecutive weeks was if that was fine, then I think 37, 38 would be a better use of two free hits than playing one in 33 again. Because I think this week you are just sort of hoping for variance to go your way when it could very easily backfire. And, you know, you could bring in Alex Tellers. They concede to Norwich and then they concede three or four to Liverpool. It's very possible that he goes and gets nothing in there again. You know, you've got Madison in there. Madison and Barnes are an interesting one. With Barnes being benched today, I'm kind of hopeful that he may play both in the double as well as the Europa League. He played nine games on the bounce before this fixture. And I'm hoping that it means that he can play a fair few on the bounce after his rest. My worry would be Madison, that he's played a lot on the bounce recently. Would one of those two games be the week that that Madison gets his rest? Is you know, Are we going to see one of those games that they've got Newcastle away, Everton away? that he does the same thing again, especially if they go through in Europe. But even if they don't, they then got Villa at home at the weekend, which is a fairly big game and in theory more difficult than the two that go before. So it is you are just hoping for a bit of variance. That's why I've got a little bit of cover on there. I've got Cancelo, I've got Salah, I've got Kane. because I feel like I'm covering that the other side of the variance a little bit. And then I've got eight double game week players. But it just doesn't feel like you're really maximising. And I can understand why some free hits have got 11 double game week players. But I could feel like that could just go so horribly wrong and you end up being further behind on a free hit than you were. So it is kind of a, a punt and hope it goes well with your free hit this week. If you if you only have one free hit left this season, I don't think it's the best time to use it. Only if you've got two left, I think, because most of our team set up this week. If you've got the players that had a good fixture this week or did well this week, in theory, you've got a fine player for next week as well. There's not loads of those double players that I think you should really be fearful of. But... That's maybe me hoping not playing my free hit that those free hitters don't, you know, that triple United doesn't come back and ruin me, but I can't see it going that way. I mean, I think it's a pretty good point to move on to Red Devils, uh, chokers or jokers based on the last week's pod. I mean, I think as we said earlier on, I uh, said last week, sorry, that perhaps they are on the beach now just because fourth place is such a remote possibility last week it was kind of remote this week it is very remote and based on their performance versus Everton and based on Norwich's performance versus uh, uh, Burnley today can we look at that and think it's going to be a walkover for United I think a lot of the free hit tripling up on Man United I mean I appreciate a lot of people probably have pulled the free hit they've got to go for it United are admittedly uh, fifth uh, non-pen XG this season from all of the teams in the Premier League. It's, it's not too bad at all. They're where you'd expect them to be. And the likes of Bruno, likes of maybe Ronaldo, but there's a lot of fixture congestion, which could mean another player could come in up front, could do a decent job. But it's all predicated on that Norwich fixture. It's all predicated on that doing well because we're looking at that Liverpool game. So as Harris earlier, we're looking at my Liverpool game and thinking, well, I'm happy to fill my Liverpool assets in that. I'm happy to have two or three Liverpool in that, actually. Because I think that that's actually going to be more uh, beneficial for me <laughs> to get Liverpool points there. I mean, can you trust them, Harry, after watching that game versus Everton and Norwich today? And in what world, maybe if you're kind of you know, free hitting, making free transfers or wildcarding in 34, are you more receptive to buying United players? Like I find it at the moment, like I've had a few plans. I had plans to, you know, buy Jaden Sancho, for example, this week, or I had a plan in place to even get him the likes of Anthony Alanga. Cause I thought, you know what? I'm sure he might end up playing. 
um, against Norwich. So he could be worth it at 4.8. But in what world are we more receptive to buying Man United players? It just feels like we need to observe the lessons of like of Vaguehorse and Dennis and just think, nah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I know. And I agree. And actually, to be fair, watching Norwich Burnley today, if if Burnley had a few players, and I know it sounds obvious, and I got told off in one of my group chats for stating the obvious, that if Burnley had players who could score goals, they would have scored goals today. But like if Manchester <laughs> United, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a top oh. line. But it's true. They could have easily put goals past Norwich. And I feel like, yes, Norwich kept a clean sheet against Burnley today, but I still expect there to be chances for um, for Manchester United in that fixture. But it's because they're so expensive that causes the issue for us. If they were five, six mil in line with those Leicester assets, then I would be going, yeah, fine, take a punt on one of them. But it's straight away very difficult to get them in and they're unreliable for the price that they've got. So I would have to absolutely shoehorn my team. I basically got two free transfers, but I basically sacrificed one of them to downgrade like Robertson to a 3.9 defender in order to get Fernandez or in order to get Ronaldo in. So I'm basically sacrificing a transfer and I just don't think like it's that worth it for me. But Again, that Liverpool game, the three that I would probably look at, you've probably got Ronaldo, you've probably got Bruno, you've probably got Sancho, Rashford potentially, but after they've just lost to to Everton, I find it so difficult to get behind. We all use that game to sort of find the asset that maybe we wanted to go and buy and all it's done is completely sent me the opposite direction. Yeah, so it's a failed scouting mission, isn't it, really? I mean, I but I, I can equally, like, if you are the sort of person who had the free hit, you you kind of earmark this being your free hit week i can 100 see why you would kind of think you know what there's no other option than to go for united norwich are second from bottom in terms of expected goals against uh, non-penalty that is throughout the course of the season and the top for expected goals against including penalties throughout the course of this season so you can look at it and think well that's a reasonable punt to make I suppose Um, some guy called Nick um, WGTA Nick I don't know who he is asked if you are free hitting on game week 33 would you go without Salah and go with someone like Bruno um, I mean it's obviously we need to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody who's not doing this Obviously, neither of us are, Harry. But if you are the kind of person who's doing that, surely Bruno's an auto-include, or at least alongside Salah, maybe that would be the way I'd look at it. Yeah, if I was on a free hit, I'd own a Manchester United option. But I think it's very easy to do it alongside Salah, alongside Kane on your free hit, because of maybe the bench you don't need. because some of these cheaper like Newcastle Leicester assets that make up the rest of your free hit I wouldn't don't think I'd be replacing him and you know if you're wildcarding in game week 34 if we use it in this analogy and you had Salah in your team I'm not doing Salah to Bruno Fernandes this week there's absolutely no chance that that's going to be my use of a transfer so I wouldn't own I can't recommend owning Bruno over Salah but as a you know A and a B next to each other in your midfield I think you do need to to try and get a piece of that variance for Manchester United this week. I, I don't think they're great assets and we wouldn't be surprised if it goes badly. But, you know, they didn't have any form going into the previous double game week that they had and Bruno scored his 23 points or whatever it was. There is times in the season where maybe you need to take a piece of that variance that potentially comes through. And I would include one of the attackers, but I wouldn't go, you know, Ronaldo and Bruno at the expense of one of Salah or Kane. I would go with one. I think that's enough. I kind of felt a bit relieved actually when I when in watching United play and the end result happening. Like if someone like Bruno had managed to get 
a return. Last week, obviously, got an assist despite being anonymous the whole game. If there had been another return for somebody like Bruno, somebody like Ronaldo this game, then I think the EO would have rocketed. And I think the next week we'd be looking at a lot of people with those players. I'm sure the EO in the top 10K, top 100K, is still going to be pretty high for United players. I think it's going to be quite difficult to dodge that because a lot of people do have free hits remaining and maybe have earmarked it for this week. But I feel just feel less worried than otherwise I would have. I think that it was always going to be a little bit of a, a blind spot for me this week because you know, I could fit in a vague course a couple of weeks ago. Oh, good, that's done me. But I could have fitted him in. It wasn't too much of a problem. But you know, United was always going to be, as you were kind of alluding to, a little bit of a a little bit of surgery was going to be needed. I was going to have to be, you know, making kind of slightly intricate moves and you know, remove a midfielder, remove a defender, remove a striker and kind of take a minus four to fit in somebody like a Sancho to try to head off that EO sort of curve. But it just doesn't feel like it's there anymore. It doesn't feel like it's annoyingly, annoying me as much as it otherwise would have. And you look over the last kind of six game weeks and their bottom half, company bottom half, I mean, their XG over the last six game weeks is worse than the likes of Brighton, Crystal Palace and Southampton. You're looking at that sort of team and thinking, yeah, they've got double game week in front of us. But should I be tearing up my team to be buying one of these players? I'm just not sure that if you're not free hitting, you're going to be too interested in doing it. But in answer to Nick's question, would you be selling a Salah? Maybe not. But if you're wildcarding in 34, Harry, I mean, as you said, you've got to be taking a chance on one player. I mean, would you be looking at a Sancho? Would you be looking at an Alanga? If you can't fit a Bruno or a Ronaldo because their prices are quite, quite prohibitive, is it kind of Sancho? Is that the kind of player that you'll be looking at and thinking, yeah, okay, well, I mean, why not? <laughs> He's kind of just about gettable. Yeah, I think if I had to, I wouldn't go a Langer. I, I know there's a chance he starts against Norwich, but if they have a full week off now, I think that's something with Manchester United that, yes, they have Norwich and there could be rotation there, but they do have a full week off. I would look at Sancho. But again, I think the big thing, and jumping ahead a little bit here, is the captaincy that comes into it a lot. That if I did have a Bruno in my team, if I did have a Ronaldo or even a Sancho, I would feel comfortable captaining them and I would feel okay with that Norwich fixture being in there that they could be a good captaincy shout for this week however and this is why I part when I look at my team think maybe I do need to get one of them in because who else do I feel comfortable using my captain on this week and I think it's a very difficult situation you look at some of the single game week players that we could potentially go with and Neil Gupta has has asked this as one of the questions that should we be looking at a Tottenham asset in the form that Kane and Son are in that maybe we should be going with Brighton at home is a good fixture, although Brighton just did over Arsenal that maybe they have found their way off the beach into the into the car park just at the side of the beach for a little while longer <laughs> before going before going back out to tan in the sun. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I still think that I would be looking at a double game week player for this week over the likes of Kane and Son and just let what happens in that Brighton game happen. But then Leicester assets we saw today, there was a lot of rotation that you run the risk that you end up captaining a single game week player. And yeah. if it was a single game week for Leicester versus a single game week for Tottenham, you'd rather the single game week for Tottenham. Then we look at Manchester United and you think Norwich and Liverpool. Well, if we're saying we want to start our Liverpool players against Manchester United, you've then got a Manchester United asset at home to Norwich or you've got a Tottenham asset at home to Brighton. Again, 
none of them are really looking like double game weeks that I really want to get behind. If I knew that I had a player that was going to start both games, then I would probably feel comfortable catching them. But I don't feel like I've got that very much at the moment. Barnes, after his rest, is one that I'm looking at. Newcastle, Leicester and Crystal Palace at home. Chris Wood will probably be in my team. We'll talk about that. Uh, Am I really going to captain Chris Wood against (laughs) Leicester and Crystal Palace? Is that really going to be where I am? Are we going a bit crazy with that? So I think on the face of it, you think, yes, I'll captain a double game week player. But I think the more and more you break it down, the more and more I think it's not actually that crazy an option given the form that Kane and Son are in at the moment. I don't think come the deadline, my captain will be on Kane, Kane, but I can understand why you think it's a a very decent option. Where's your armband going to be? What do you think about single versus double? I mean, let's let's take this one actually and move it up the running order just because I think the captaincy this week is so not died in the wall. I think it, that's kind of why this double game week is such an unusual one in a lot of ways. And we've spoken about already the fact that a lot of the big teams have a big yeah, but attached to them. And in terms of the players as well, you look at them, the ones doubling and you kind of think, well, am I really going to be going there? I just, I just can't, I just can't see it, Harry. I really can't. Like, I'm, I know my voice is getting very high pitched, but you know, you look at Arsenal, Southampton and Chelsea. I mean, if the last two game weeks hadn't have happened, or if we'd have managed to sustain some semblance of form, maybe you'd be looking at going, yeah, Saka, easy captain. Now, do I look at that and think, not sure. I mean, Xhaka was the left back, but Saka was, or has looked a bit gas recently, unfortunately. Gassed, not gas, as Irish people would say. Um, you've got Brighton, doubling Tottenham, Man City. No. Burnley, West Ham and Southampton. Well, I mean, are you going to be captaining Veghorst? I mean, I honestly, nope. I, I, could you captain Pope? Honestly, um, Leicester, Newcastle, Everton. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. If they're out of the ECL and they've got nothing else to play for as a professional pride, I mean, that, that's kind of, you're getting into beachiness there, aren't you? You can feel the sand. I know it's coarse. I know it gets everywhere. Uh, but at the end of the day, it could kind of create some sort of good outcome. Newcastle, Leicester and Crystal Palace. Chris Woods, ASM, yeah, why not? Shah captain, my lord, imagine. Southampton, Arsenal and Burnley. Or you've got Man United, Norwich and Liverpool. So it becomes a bit of a... If you're dead set, determined to captain a double game week option, you're looking at, in the in the high-owned sort of echelons, or at least in the kind of the fashionable players that you'll be interested in captaining, you're looking at maybe Saka, looking at maybe Pope, a try on the likes of Barnes or Madison or buying in someone in the United team. I feel like that's kind of it. Like you wouldn't be captaining Breuer here. I'm not sure that anybody outside of that kind of one guy on Twitter who's going to score 500 points this week where we've all got our 60s is going to be sat with a captain on Wood or, you know, Joe Linton or something like that. It's a really difficult game week to get a handle on the captaincy, isn't it? And I, I like I, I'm interested to see what everyone's going to be saying when it comes to the Twitter sort of the Twitterate sort of pick, the social sort of pick. That's because there's no clarity. And you kind of uh, I, I know you said that you know I you wouldn't see yourself captaining the likes of Kane, the likes of Son. But for me, I'm looking at it and thinking, well, why not captain Kane against Brighton, who before playing an easy team this week in Arsenal were at six and sevens or 
a team like United for Salah who have completely lost their way. I mean, that could be worth it. And you go for minutes other than anything else. Like, I, I'm completely undecided on captain, honestly, Harry. I've got, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm doing. At the moment, it is Boston Kane. I've, I've, I've got nothing else to add just because I, I'm not sure I can convince myself that the likes of Saka or Barnes is worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. And the only thing that I could say that would sway me towards a double game week captain is hoping that the variance goes in, in my favour and that you buy a double game week player yeah. that, that does really well. It's the only thing in this whole conversation that we've had that favours trying to find a double game week captain. Barnes not playing today. My boss captain is on Harvey Barnes, but I've not been particularly impressed by watching him play. And do I think he's going to start both? Not necessarily, maybe now he's had a rest, but I can't say it with any confidence. So potentially playing one, why am I captaining Harvey Barnes with one and a half games over Harry Kane with, with Brighton at home? So at the moment, I'm finding it very, very difficult to pick. I do think it will be on Harvey Barnes come the end of the week, unless I bring in a Manchester United option, just because the past few weeks have been pretty tough. I'm trying to find that little bit of variance that's gone against me to try and pull it back a little bit, but I cannot blame anyone. And I think, that the Tottenham guys should very much be in your consideration because of everything we've spoken about and that actually a lot of these double game week players are only single game weeks because of rotation or because of the fixtures that they do have. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a split a split pin captaincy, that's for sure. I, I think that yeah. you'll probably see Salah make it to near 100 just due to everything else we would default in that way. Same with Kane. And maybe, as you said, trying to find that one guy, the likes of Barnes, who do come off on that one week. That's going to be the key to everything, really. But I mean, there are this, there is this dynamic between double game week risks versus those kind of Robin Reliance in a single game week. And I think that that's kind of really punctuating our discussion here, isn't it? I mean, FPL Brain really summed it up and said, who are the least bad? double game week first, you free picks at this point. And it, it's just quite difficult to look at just because we spoke last week about copers, jokers and chokers in terms of how teams are doing the job as we reach the business end of the season. And look at the likes of Newcastle, look, look at the likes of Southampton, look at the likes of Arsenal. And you think, is it better to just focus on the single game week heroes out there? I mean, for me this week, if I'm honest with you, I mean, I, like personal team situation, highly rooted where I am and where, what's going on with me. I've got Luca Dean somehow still in my team, the ultimate FPL troll, who again went off injured in a, in a football match with a season-ending thank dog injury. So that's a holding for the net upcoming doubles. So, I mean, for me, I'm looking at selling him for Cancelo this week and removing somebody else. I think it's uh, uh, to at Total Tactics, F uh, Fran asked what to do with Veghorst. I think I'm going to be selling Veghorst for someone like Mateta, putting him on my bench and just buying in Cancelo for Dean this week. I mean, that's the kind of point I am at with this double game week. I feel like maybe we've looked at all of these double game weeks throughout the course of the season and maybe we've gotten to the point now where we look at another subpar double game week coming over the hill and just thinking that's a monster. Let's just try to avoid it. It's not worth it. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I, I think we goes back to captaincy. I think if you've, if you've got someone in your team that you're happy to captain, 
then I don't think you need to be using your transfers to shoehorn in double game week players and your team will be better off for not doing it. And don't go bringing in, you know, double Newcastle. Look at players who potentially have better fixtures further down the line. Now, if Chelsea go out of the Champions League against Real Madrid this week in that unwinnable tie, there is a small chance that their double against Manchester United gets put in game week 34. But then they would still have Norwich, then Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea with three games in a row. And again, that heightens the risk of rotation for that Norwich game even further if that's their run after that. And if that's their run, whereas Salah, for example, has Manchester United this week and Everton next week. Again, I don't feel like buying a Manchester United asset, even with a double-double, if that was to happen, not confirmed, of course, at the moment, is a good idea at all. So it comes back to me, find someone that you're happy to captain, find out who that is before making your transfers. If you can get them in easily, then great move for them this week. And if not, do what's going to benefit your team for the remainder of the season, I think is the easiest way for me to put it. Red course, an interesting one. I've got him 50-50 about whether I start him this week. You know, I've got a choice between Veghorst, Odegaard and Kulisevsky, for example, and I can only start probably two of them. And I'm finding it difficult where to put on my bench. Do I favour the double game week player and get burnt by Veghorst again? Do I play Kulisevsky? Again, it's the same single versus double debate, just on a slightly cheaper price scale with Kulisevsky versus Redcourse versus Odegaard. At the moment, it's Kulisevsky on my bench, but after watching today's game, I don't think that's going to be watching Redcourse today. I don't think that's going to be the case. So again, focus on who you're happy to captain on who you're confident in. Now, this is a very different group of people for different players, but find that, then focus on your team long-term as, as you seem to be doing. Yeah, I mean... It- I think that makes a lot of sense. There's, there's not very much here to be. Well, hindsight obviously is always a 2020 vision, but from the foresight level, there's not very much here to be getting too excited about. It feels like kind of you know our blank game week chat in game week first team where we were saying, yeah, actually, there's not many gains to be had, and even. Taking away from that, at least if you're free hissing in game week 30, you had the, the kind of the X min sort of thing going your way. As it stands, buying in a doubler ahead of somebody, I don't know, like Kulisevsky, like Kane, like Salah, like Trent, like Robertson, just kind of feels like you're, you could very easily be punished there. <laughs> Um, I know they've got extra minutes, but it kind of feels like you're kind of buying in inferior players to replace superior players to try to make a difference. And it, none of those things make me too confident. But nonetheless, Harry, if you are free hitting this week, who are your absolute essentials? So if I was on a free hit this week, I would definitely have, I'd probably go Madison and Barnes. I don't think both is essential, but I would have at least one. I think given their double, I would go with at least one. I would have Bruno Fernandes in there. I would say he would be 100% in my free hit draft. I would have a Newcastle attacker. It would probably end up being Chris Wood because the lack of forward options that you've got. Again, I don't think that's essential though. And that's from the double game week players, all the ones that I would say you need. I've got Ben White, for example, people looking at Arsenal. Ben White may well end up on my bench this week because I just cannot see a clean sheet for them there against Southampton and Chelsea. I would have Salah in my team. He would be in there. I would have Kane or Son in my team, definitely. And I would have Cancelo in there. And you may even want to add another Man City guy. So I've gone around the houses in terms of positions and and players, but 
not that many of those fall into double game week players. So the double game week players were a Newcastle attacker, probably Chris Wood. They were Bruno Fernandes. They were Barnes and Madison for the numbers game. And that was the only double game week players that I think are essential on a free hit. When you're looking at kind of saying, yeah, that like you're, you're getting quite close to an even split. I mean, obviously there's 11, but an even split between singles and doubles. Yeah. And maybe that kind of speaks to itself and for, for itself in terms of the level of excitement we have about this kind of double game week ahead of us. I mean, Karim Tizir um, asks, which three forwards would you look to back in double game week 33? He's got Mope, lol, Veghorst, lol, and Breuer, lol. They were his lols, not mine, but they could easily be mine. And you've said, you know, Wood, Kane, and I don't know. I mean, the forwards have always been in crisis for quite a while. And you, you look at that and you just kind of think, well, if you're, it's, it's got to be Kane. But if you can get Son, if you've got Son, obviously keep Son now and don't make a move for Kane. It's, it's just actually one of those where the strikers are terrible this week. I mean, if you're on the they're free hit, yeah. Kane, but they're, they're terrible every week. That's no better this week. But there's also the issue is, is that there's no defences that I particularly want to back this week as well. So I can't really play a 4-5-1 or a 5-4-1 even. I kind of feel like I need two forwards because there's enough defences that I'm not confident in here as well, which is why Kane continues to take precedent in my team over Son because of the team structure. Son competes with a lot of other midfielders, whereas Kane doesn't. So Kane goes in there and then Chris Wood scored this week. He's got an okay double with two home fixtures of Leicester and Crystal Palace. He just about makes it into my team. He's probably going to end up being a transfer in for me for Watkins, who doesn't have a game. So I would probably go Kane, Wood, and then I would just, you know, pick a cheap player if you're on a free hit. If you have enough money, pick a Broya, but I probably wouldn't start him. I would just play a 3-5-2. I don't think there's enough value in the forwards. There's plenty of midfielders that you could take a punt on that the forwards are not great. I would probably go Broya for my third if I had to. It's. I, I feel like more and more I speak about it, more and more I just think, you know what, I'm just going to be buying Cancelo in, getting him sorted for the you know, game weeks ahead and just going yeah. for it. I mean, you're, you're wildcarding in 34, aren't you? So next yeah. week. How are you approaching this week then? Because like, you're in the same boat as loads of people, I'm sure, out there who aren't free-hitting but are looking to just kind of, you know what, have a one-week punt, go for it, are you just buying in the player now that you're going to want going for, which is what it sounds like you're looking at? Or are you going to be going for a punt somewhere? Chris Wood, is that your man? I, I'm going more on a punt. So if I thought about my free hit team, I had Kane, Salah and Cancelo as my three single game week players. I've got Kane, I've got Salah. I don't think I'm going to be moving for Cancelo this week as well as I think he could do against Brighton. My defence of currently white... Trent, Robertson, Doherty playing th- three of those four. I think I'm okay with that. I'm quite happy with, with that. I don't expect to be making a defensive transfer. So I do think I'll be using them in my midfield and attack. And I do think I'll be you know going for some of those double game week players because the, the single game week players in the midfield and attack that I'd want, I can't get to Son. I've got Kane and I've got Salah. So it does leave single game week players out of the question for me. So it does think, okay, I'm going to have to take some punts on some double game week players. And I'm trying to find the ones that I think will play twice. And it's quite as simple as that for me. 
that's why I'm pretty certain Chris Wood will come in. Fraser, I believe, went off injured for Newcastle. So a bit of a question mark about whether he'll be available for both in game week 33. So that leaves Chris Wood to come in potentially up front. I could look in midfield for Newcastle. I could go Willock, but I think Wood is probably the one. I could go St. Maximin and hope that he finds a bit of form because he's actually looked a bit below par, a bit below his explosive self in recent games. So that's why I've gone again, Chris Wood. And then I look in midfield and think I've got Odegaard, who, yes, he did a goal this weekend, but how on earth that found the back of the net after a fairly large deflection, I think. I don't expect him very much from him with Southampton away, Chelsea away. And I've got Kulisevsky currently on the bench so with my team up on screen for YouTube viewers but if not it's currently lined up Pope White Trent Doherty Doherty can go to Robertson if he doesn't play Saka Barnes Salah Odegaard Kane Veghorst Watkins because Watkins will become Chris Wood with Kulisevsky first on the bench so right now I think Watkins to Chris Wood and Odegaard potentially to to Madison or it could be Kulisevsky to Madison if I want to bench Veghorst. But I don't know. I'm looking at, I find it difficult and I want to see what happens with Leicester in Europe because that's where I need my midfielder to come from. Yeah, I mean, I've, we seem to have ended up in our chances and captains here. So I'm, I've just mentioned mine, I suppose. So I've got Ramsdale in goal. I've got Matt Doherty starting at the moment alongside Robertson and uh, Trent. Hello, pod fans. It's me recording after we did the podcast this evening. Just found out, sadly, that Matt Doherty is out for the rest of the season. Um, as much as I've obviously loved inserting my Irish brethren's words <laughs> to cover for my lack of pronunciations, um, we obviously are very upset to hear this. So all the best to him. And uh, yeah. We've obviously got to change our transfer plans a little bit. For me, obviously, I had Luca Dean. So now it becomes the Irishman who gets sold. Just add that in here, just to keep up to date, because it's just happened, just like meditating. Although if I remove Luca Dean for Cancelo, obviously he'll end up on the bench and uh, Cancelo will start. In midfield, I've got Barnes, Salah, Marcinelli, Saka and Kulisevsky. And up front, I've got Veghorst and Kane. Though Veghorst is... He's really like on a like it's almost one of those where you're kind of like yeah i've just got, got to get rid of this guy now and i'm very very glad i didn't have a double in 34 i really am just because i'm not feeling like the fomo of needing to keep him for appearance points i think he has to go i'm happy to play Breuer this week over him and buy mateta or something like that and just think akuna mateta on my bench no worries and i'll go with the four five one something like that it's not amazing is it i think that that's kind of a bit of the the bottom line really on this game week isn't it i mean i think that a lot of game weeks double game weeks that is we've got a lot to talk about we've got a lot of different things that could possibly happen a lot of kind of you know ways in which things could shake out but i mean i I don't i can't remember outside of you know the small double game weeks like of watford that's a burnley being this underwhelmed by a double game week in a long time and that's very unfashionable to say and we have to in a lot of ways be like oh yeah you know fpl is amazing yeah it's so exciting but i look at this double game week i look at the doublers and just think you know the last two weeks and this one seems to all be kind of bound up in sort of a sinew of mareness for me just because it's all about kind of just holding your nerve a little bit and just kind of thinking well you know the real time to strike is going to be 34 
onwards. And the last three weeks, like as I said at the start, this week I rolled my transfer, got a small red arrow. And I'm not too upset about that because I think, well, at least I've got a transfer out of it. And if you look at the, the haulers this week, like so, you know, Chris Woods, KDH, those sorts of players. I mean, admittedly, if, you, if you've got those players, well done, even really, really well. Look at the mid-league, a few players in that have done very, very well. But it kind of just, I don't know, it, it doesn't really feel to me to be one of those game weeks where I, I want to go all out. Uh, and I've got a lot of sympathy for people on free hit, that's for sure, because I feel like you're going to end up kind of going for the the, the max variance sort of build and just crossing your fingers already once deadline hits. Yeah, I think we'll, a question that will fire around on Twitter and generally is the comment, how many double game week players do I need? And I think that'll be something that people ask and they'll be thinking, I've got a team of single game week players, you know, I've only got maybe five doublers. Is that enough? And I think for the first time that I think there is no maximum or minimum that you need. I think, again, as we've said, yes, you can have some of these double game week players in here, but if you've got four double game week players in your starting 11, for example, and you've got seven single game week players that come from Liverpool, that come, let's say you've got triple Liverpool, triple Tottenham, that's six of them. I do not think you need to go selling these guys in order to bring in single game week players. I think if you've got four or five, for example, just do not worry about it because the chances are those single game week players have a much higher chance of returning in their single game than any of the doublers have in either of those two. People are just hoping that over the two games that something comes good, but the single game week fixtures and players that we're owning are more reliable than any of these double game week players. So I don't think there's a maximum or even a minimum that we need to have for this week. It says it all really that, you know, I'm captain, I'm captain Kane, I'm vice Salah. And I mean, maybe I could end up kind of siding myself over to Barnes and kind of going, yeah, okay, give you the captain this week, Harvey, try to do something. But that feels like a real shot in the dark, doesn't it? Like I look at 36 where I've got 11 double game weekers. I think I've actually got 12 as it stands already, ready to go. And I think that that's going to be the week that I'm very, very excited for what happens. Whereas this week, it just kind of feels like, I don't know, if you're free hitting, if you are kind of making, in your case, the move for wood, I mean, it doesn't feel like there's that too much, that, that many scope for gains here, are there? It's just the variance. That's all, that's all it seems to be at the moment. Just kind of hoping that you get lucky with a player or two. And that sounds really defeatist. I know, I'm well aware of that. But it, no, the more we've spoken about it, the more maybe it's just your demeanour, Harry, and who you are. But I look at it and just think, this is, this is just not a good double game week. <laughs> I'm just not that excited by it. And maybe, hopefully, no, hopefully it's awful, but maybe we'll see something happen in the Champions League, the Europa, whatever's which mean that we need to make wholesale changes to our team. And then that will inject a bit of interest, but it comes to something, doesn't it? When you look at a, a game week, a double, a double game week when it comes to it and thinking, yeah, if an injury happens, that could be the most exciting thing that could underline how this game week goes. I mean, I've got two free transfers here. And I genuinely have no idea really what I'm doing other than thinking, well, I'm going to buy in Cancelo, <laughs> who's got a single anyway. Um, and maybe that, really sums up how this double game week is going to be. 
who knows? There could be loads of points on offer. I know there's people who are bench boosting in game week 33. All the best to you. I hope that your team is mostly singlers rather than doublers because the double is bloody awful. <laughs> but there we go. Um, and hopefully you know, next week when you're boring us all about your wildcard, Harry, things will be a bit more exciting, I'm sure. Had I mentioned I'm on a wildcard next week? Oh, nice. Just I'm on a wild card for 34. So next pod, I'll be talking a lot about my wild card in case I hadn't mentioned it. 34 wild card, book it in. We'll be talking all about it. I'm, I'm not available next week. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. All right, cool. I think I, I genuinely am out of things to talk about for this one. It's not because it's my birthday. It's not because I want to go have a beer now. But I, I, I genuinely am out of things to talk about for Double Game Week 33. I know, you've, as I said earlier, that's a bit unfashionable to say. I know it's Double Game Week. I know it should be very exciting. But I just can't. I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm the same. I think we've concluded that Find someone that you're happy to captain, but focus on your team for the long term as you are doing, bringing in Cancelo, bringing in players you think will benefit your team for the long term. Everton, sorry, Leicester, potentially because they double twice later on the season are probably where I would look if I was trying to benefit my team longer term. But yeah, if you're wildcarding 34, then there are a few punts like me, potentially Leicester again and Newcastle that I would be looking at. But I think that's about, about how we summed it up. Cool. So wrapping up thank you all very much for listening we were who got the assist hopefully we have helped and assisted you at some point in this pod talking about the doubles although most of the time we've just said all the assets that we want to buy are all rubbish and the assets that we've the assets that we've currently got are all good so you shouldn't sell the players that you've got for players that you want just keep the players that you've got but hope it was useful good luck in game week 33 the big double when it finally comes around next sunday we'll be next week we'll be back recording on monday after the easter weekend oh yep it's my birthday this tuesday um so i will be kind of in Cardo for a little bit um looking forward to a, a small break because this is like you know one of the few game weeks i think one of the very last ones in this whole sort of end catalog where i can kind of relax and just kind of not think about fpl for a little while and as we've alluded to I mean, as I say, how much you can flog a dead horse. I've, I'm very, if people do go on and record two hour podcasts about this game week, good luck to them. There's not very much we can do about it. I hope we assist you somehow look at this double game week ahead and, and all the best with your free hits if you're doing them. <laughs> all the best with your transfers and all the best with everything else. Hope we assist you and we'll speak to you very, very soon. We're back next week. Goodbye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.